Guys, if you're anything like me, looking at maps has always been a huge part of my preparation and execution for my outdoor adventures. I have been using GoHunt digital maps on desktop and mobile for quite some time now. I have used these maps for years for my in-depth e-scouting tactics and my methods of using offline maps during the hunt. Well, now I'm happy to report GoHunt maps now covers all 50 states. There's two ways to get the Go Hunt map. You can sign up for a Go Hunt Insider membership and get the benefits of all the draw odds, harvest statistics, unit breakdowns, strategy articles, as well as access to the 50 state maps, plus savings on gear for being an Insider member. Like right now, they're doing double points. For an Insider membership, sign up now at GoHunt.com, use the J. Scott promo code, and get a $50 GoHunt Gear Shop gift card just for signing up. You can also just sign up for a GoHunt Explorer membership, and that gives you access to 50 states for 50 bucks. Use the J. Scott promo code. Guys, also, don't forget to get a 10% discount on gear at the Go Hunt Gear Shop by using the J. Scott promo code. You can also reach out to my friend Cody Nelson of 20 plus years, either by phone or by text, 602-399-3699. Make sure you tell him I sent you. I want to thank GoHunt.com for their loyal sponsorship of my podcast. We're over 815 episodes in, and they've been with me for, since the beginning. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting for their sponsorship of this podcast. They provide the gear that I use on all of my hunting adventures. You can go to the Kuyu website directly, kuiu.com, order directly. They're a direct-to-consumer company. Uh, they make the best gear in the in the hunting industry, and I've been a loyal supporter of theirs for years. Also, phonescope.com. Go to phonescope.com. Use the J. Scott or jscott22 promo code, and you're going to get a 10% discount at PhoneScope. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for, for supporting me. If you have any questions or you'd like to send me a comment, the best way to do that is on my Instagram account, at jscottoutdoors. Again, let's get right to this episode, and thanks for your support. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I've got the Armstrong brothers, Cash and Steel Armstrong of the Arizona Ground Pounders. Guys, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Jay, how are you? Good, Steel. I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys uh, about kind of a lot of things. Um, about conditions. I want to talk about uh, range conditions, monsoons, grass. I want to talk to you about deer, elk, bear. Um, bunch of the animals you guys love. Um, before we get into to all of that, I kind of want to start with um, how have the monsoon rains been, and what kind of conditions are you know what's it look like out there? Oh, it's it's uh, it's been a pretty good monsoon for sure. Um, it's kind of spotty, but everything's kind of getting it now, and it's catching back up. But some some areas uh, uh we've got some rancher buddies up under the rim in 22 and they've they've measured over 20 inches of rain underneath the rim and that's then uh that's phenomenal steel yes sir over in young uh last week and we've had a couple storms in the last week i think they were at 10 or 12 inches at some of the ranches there okay fantastic um in the forecast guys um, I see that over the next 10 days, we're sitting at, uh, August 9th here over the next 10 days. I mean, there's anywhere from seems 30 to 70% chance of rain. 
Um, obviously, guys, and we'll get into the elk and all of that, it's it's too late for the elk antlers because the elk are, you know, the big bulls are rubbing right now and have already rubbed. Um, but from from my perspective, it just plays right into the hands of the coos deer right now that are just pouring it on. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. And we here in Star Valley, it started raining in June. It was real spotty, but those early rains like that, are going to make the coos deer phenomenal this year. I, I, I think it'll be the best coos deer antler growth we've had in the last 10 years, probably. That's fantastic. Um, uh, Steel and Cash, you guys have, um, you know, born and raised there in that Payson area. You've had a chance to see, you know, those 22 and 23 units at their best. You've seen them at their worst. Um, in your opinion, uh, just the way conditions look, um, is this one of the better years you've ever seen or is it just, you know, a, above average or where, do, where do you put this year? I, I would, it's, it's, it's from what we've seen right now as some, some bucks, I would say it's well above average, but it has the potential to be one of the best years we've ever seen, you know? For the coos deer. For coos. Okay, and and we'll get more into the coos here in a minute. Let's talk a little bit about elk. Um, you, you mentioned the June rains. Normally those rains don't start till July 4th, right? So Yes, we, sir. We did have some spotty June, you know, two-week early type showers. It didn't hit widespread, but did it hit in enough areas? And let's talk 23 for right now. Did it hit in enough areas to, to to make a difference and actually, you think, put those elk in above average state for, for unit 23? Do you think antler growth is above average for unit 23, for elk? Yeah, I think it's above average. Um, I don't think the rains hit good enough over there to affect, to affect the elk, you know, to help them. But they were, they, the elk were in such good shape. Their bodies are just, they're in really good shape, you know. I We've seen some pretty good bulls, but it's hard to say. I'm not going to say for sure because still a little it, early. We won't know until, you know, they a lot of bulls show up and there's always going to be good ones, but. Yeah. What, what I will say about that is 20 and 23 in this country, a lot of places were drought out over the winter, you know, kind of. We had a pretty decent spring here in 22 and 23, you know, the, the manzanitas and everything were blooming. They bloomed very good. And the acorns are phenomenal right now. And uh, we did have a pretty good green up in, in, you know, in April. Okay. Let me ask you guys a question about last year's monsoon. Um, from my perception, last year antler growth for elk was, was not that good. Uh, and I'm talking general um, over yeah. over the state. You guys can you know tell me about your units, but it wasn't that great. But the monsoons came late and they came pretty good, and it caused quite a bit of 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 feed that was left over. You know, fall feed going into the winter. What is your what is your take on how those bulls went into winter last year, and 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 how does that play out for this year? You think? Yeah, that's what the deer and the elk when we were killing them in the late hunts they had 
inch of fat on their back, you know. And that's from that holdover feed from the great monsoon we had last year. And uh, the, I mean, they were they were fat and healthy, you know. The uh, that monsoon, that was one of the best ruts we've ever encountered for the elk, you know. And we've been hunting there for twelve years, but the bulls were way more active, way more callable. It was just a, one of the funnest elk hunt, hunting years we've we've had. Not the biggest bulls, but sti- still a lot of great 340, 350 type bulls running around everywhere, you know. Do you think there's a chance that those bulls that were, you know, a phenomenal rut last year, I think they broke pretty bad last year. Um, I, I see a potential for a couple of slammers to be there because they, they broke up because the antlers weren't great last year they were potentially brittle i'm expecting some good things out of 23 this year what do you guys think for elk yes sir and those bulls they just got another a lot of those bulls that break up you know they get another year year of age on them and age has a lot to do with it too you know yeah for sure let's talk about the archery hunt uh over there in 23 they've got the 23 north and 23 south i think there's 15 i believe there's 15 tags maybe there's 20 um in 23 south um how much impact do you feel that those 15 tags actually have on the units for the size that they are i mean do you feel like um those units that the tag allocation is good for the amount of country um do you think it's just right do you think you know potentially it's too many what's your thoughts on that I think it's perfect for the uh, early archery hunt, the 15 tags. But I think what's going to hurt us is is the uh, the late tags, because everybody's a good good glasser now, good hunter, can shoot a long, shoot long range, and then big big mature bulls they get pounded on that late hunt, you know. So and in the south now, in this in the south, more right. people are doing it. So you guys, I mean, elk and deer, I mean, big bulls, big bucks. I mean, honestly, there's no one in the state, and this is me speaking. Um, you guys are young guys. You guys are go-getters. You guys are, you know, you, you're out there all the time. You guys' track record for size of bulls and bucks really is, is, is untouched. How do you guys consistently... How do you consistently produce big bucks and big bulls? What's the secret? The coos deer is, we just know a lot of, we know lot, the deer are real pockety and we know a lot of hot spots. We just check and then we'll leave a buck. You know, if we have a good buck, we don't, you can't kill a 110 inch buck every time you got to let them grow sometime, or let them go to kill a, a giant. So, in other words, you're saying that, that you have pockets that you're going to check and and it takes walking away from those animals. But but even with that, Cash, you know, you, you mentioned that. I mean, it's public land. How hard is it to walk away from a 110-inch buck or, you know, a 370-inch bull when when you might think that someone else might shoot it? I, I, I got to imagine that's the hardest part of you guys' job. Yeah, that's hard. But what, how we really do it on the coos deer is if we, we kill a couple good bucks out of a piece of country, we'll leave for a couple years. We'll go, we'll hunt some other country, you know, that we 
we we have quite a few of those you know pockets where the genetics are big and stuff like that with elk it's a lot lot tougher to pass up 370 than bigger bulls you know because it, it they're a lot more they're a lot easier to find with the coos deer most guys can't can't hack it they can't sit there and pound like you have to pound and to find those big deer you know well and don't you think it takes the mental ability to go and not see many deer but know that the deer you're looking for is there or glass with confidence knowing that you're going to find a giant and it but sometimes in in that country you guys hunt um you know 23 is pretty thick and it it's not easy to you know it's not a place where it's like southern arizona where you go and see you know 40 or 50 deer 60 deer a day sometimes maybe in the right spot you would but in general sometimes it's you know a buck or two and and a few does is a good day yeah it's a struggle always though you know we just know that if we keep putting the time in and we're in the right spot that has the best genetics we'll we'll turn a good one up and sometimes you go without you gotta you gotta be willing to go without you know you're not always gonna be the hero yeah so what you're saying is you know you pound a pocket for days and days and not see much and go without but you know that they're there and it just takes the right type of mental kind of attitude to go into that country all the different pockets and stuff you guys hunt that that you just know what that country produces right yeah and a big port big part of it is because we're lion hunters so we we know the whole unit you know we our heads are on a swivel we're looking at reading sign everywhere we go and that's probably biggest the biggest deal i would say you, you, I mean, you talk about being houndsmen, you talk about being lion hunters, but you're, you're also, um, you guys shoot some gigantic bears. Um, how does being a houndsman and a lion hunter and being in that country also play into um, the success you guys have on those bear hunts? Yeah, we really love the bear hunts because, uh, you know, they're usually in August or, you know, early in the year. We're looking we're look we you're glassing for deer or glassing for bears and that's usually when we find our biggest coos deer bucks you know just they're they kind of hit the same type of country you know so in other words you're kind of um using one to to kill another you're 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 utilizing your glassing for the big bears and then you end up finding bucks that you might not shoot that year but you see a buck that's like you know, say a, say a low hundreds buck with a lot of potential, and you're like, let's come back here and, and watch that buck next year, and then let's kill him two years from now. Um, yeah. How often does that happen where, you, you know, you kind of you kind of see something that's got potential, and you just kind of watch them for a couple years, and then you go ahead and go back and harvest them? Yeah, Jay, that that happens. Honestly, that's, that's how we do it a lot of times. We might see a good buck, and we might just forget about him, might not even go back to that spot, you know, two years later and go check it and, you know, hunt it with confidence. And we've had a lot of success doing that. Um, with the, with the, I'm going to get off on bears real fast, but 
with bear season, I believe there's archery. I believe there's, or excuse me, I believe there's an August hunt. I believe there's like a kind of October hunt. Um, do you guys have availability for those bear hunts? Yes, sir. We have we have them on the openings on the August and the October hunt. Is there one that you like better than the other, or are they both really good? They're both really good, especially if the pears are good and, and the acorns are phenomenal this year. And there are some giant bears in Unit 23 and 22. Um, those units for bears, if someone were to book a hunt, I mean, is it a pretty good numbers? I mean, as far as seeing quite a few bears, can you, can you afford to be kind of choosy, or is it kind of when you glass up glass up a decent bear you go ahead and shoot what's your thoughts on that we 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 uh we like to hunt for big big animals you know so we're we're kind of picky but bears can be tough sometimes and uh they, they, travel. they travel a lot so like if you see one you want to kill you gotta you gotta hustle and or hopefully you're in position to shoot already is the best way but yeah you you know, usually you know when you see a big bear and you, you're going to be shooting at it, you know. Yeah. Um, and you guys get uh, all variations of the color phase of the bear, right? I mean, you get the blacks and the cinnamons and you, you, you basically cover, I, I see your pictures, you get a lot of different coloration of those bears. Yes, sir. A lot of black bears, a lot of, a lot of uh, cinnamon. cinnamon, chocolate bears. Yeah. Okay. We, um I want to um, ask you about the coos deer, and they've kind of been um, doing some different things with the over-the-counter archery um, all over the state. And I want to ask you your thoughts on how um, the archery hunts uh, for deer will be um, and, and what your thoughts are on, on some of those changes. And, and maybe they didn't change your units. I'm just curious your thoughts. Yes, I think they, I think they went to the quota in twenty two and twenty three. I guess it's by a block or whatever. But I think their the harvest uh, limit is forty for twenty three and fifty uh, for uh, twenty two on the coos deer. I'm I'm all for it if it's gonna you know help the deer population. Uh, it seems to me like the last I don't know if there was a die off, but. You know, in the last five years, last year was the hunt was real good, but the five years before that, or four years, it was pretty slim pickings up in in a lot of our country that we hunted, and uh, you just didn't see the deer. I don't know what it was if the age class was shot out, or or we were just in a drought, or if the, we had a die off. I'm not sure what what was going on there, but it dang sure it was it was tough hunting for sure. Do you think that by making it a quota system, do you think that it will help guys like you to find even bigger bucks? In other words, do you do you really think that that's going to allow some deer to, to grow big? I think in certain areas it will, for sure. I think, uh, I think it'll help us quite a bit because we hunt the breaks of the pines a lot, you know, that real brushy chaparral country. I think a lot of those deer, the only way they're getting killed by, you know, is by a, a normal archer is sitting, sitting a tree stand or something like that, you know, right. and a lot of those bucks live in those pine trees. It, it might save a few of those. 
to where there's more. How do you think the um, the trail camera ban will help guys like yourself? Oh, I think it's going to play right into how, I mean, that's how we hunt anyways. Not saying we never ran any, but we don't need a picture to go kill a big animal. We, we have the confidence because we've done it and it takes time. It doesn't come easy, but that's how we hunt. I think it'll help us a lot. Um, when we're talking specifically about coos deer, we've talked about the archery. I want to dig in now to, um, you guys have helped auction tag hunters, raffle tag hunters, killed some really, really big deer, but you also kill, I mean, every season you guys kill big deer. Um, how, when you find these bucks in the velvet and, and just picture whether your guys are hunting 20. 223 or down south wherever my perception is that you guys find these big deer in the velvet like from like right now over the next month let's say okay you find the big deer in velvet and you know that they're there and then that gives you the confidence to go back and hunt them in those october hunts or even in the december hunts november hunts because you know that deer is there right is that the is that the true secret if someone really wanted to focus and and start killing bigger deer is is it the summer scouting velvet is that the time really to to do it yes sir that that's the only time in our opinion and the rut is good if you can hunt i mean the the rut hunt's good because it's 18 days or whatever but that if you have them found in the or in August, in the October hunt, they're going to be a couple hundred yards from where you've seen them, more than likely. And do you feel, I mean, do you feel that you have a better chance, whether it's October, November, or December, does it really matter to you, or does it just kind of change how you guys go about it? I mean, in other words, do you feel like you can produce just as big a deer on any of the seasons um but you just have to kind of change your approach yeah uh on the october and november hunts it's the you know the pre-season scouting that's what kills our big bucks on the a lot of times on the december hunt we find them right then and k go and kill them you know that they're up and moving you find new bucks you know it's just a good time to key in on them also in August, I would say, is when you kill the October and November bucks. So, in other words, the, the work you put in preseason, totally, if, if you look at over all the giants that you guys have killed, I mean, giant deer, 120-inch, just giant coos deer. I, I don't think anyone has done it like you guys have done over these years. You, you directly attribute that to summer scouting. Yes, sir. Okay, and, and and mainly when it when the monsoons are good, it's like it's like those deer. I don't know if it's something they eat, but they they come out in the wide open and stand on the hillside. You know, it's easy, easy, way easier to find them when the grass is green. Okay, I was talking to someone else on a podcast. Uh, I was talking to Parker Fails about a st strip deer, 
And he mentioned um, they just shot this raffle buck, and I was talking to him earlier today on a podcast, and he talked about um, getting in on the buck, but then a giant rainstorm came in, and he said um, what often happens when you get those big rains is those deer kind of push out into the opens. And and I asked him, and, and, and granted, to, two totally different deer, different country, yeah. but do you see the same thing when we get these big rain showers? Do those coos, big coos bucks kind of get out a little bit more in the open? Yeah, it's like they almost, a lot of them, I mean, it, it, they're easy. If you just, if you're there glassing, I mean, it's, it's not that, they're not that hard to pick up. And that's, that's when you find them. Okay. With that being said, let's, let's bump to the, the December and even the January um, when they're rutting. How often do you find bucks rutting in a pocket? And then it they become hard to find the rest of the year. But then you go back the next year, and there's that same buck rutting in that pocket. In other words, those bucks kind of move a little bit to go rut. That can also be a good time to find them. But isn't it true that it's sometimes hard to go back and find them the rest of the year? But then all of a sudden you go back the same rut time, and there they are. Oh yeah, and that's. That's where you, we kill a lot of our other big deers, deer that we can't figure out or, you know, things like that. But we know where they rut, and that's that's another great way of killing them. And, it's, and, and they kind of, they kind of like the elk, and you know this very well, you know how bulls go and stage on a certain, you know, piece in a piece of country, and it's kind of an area. It's not always right in the same spot, but usually that bull stage there the next year. Same thing with the whitetail books. They they have, they have we have some country that we hunt in the rut because it's a rut zone. There's a lot, not I wouldn't say a lot of does, but a lot of does for the for the country we hunt. But they just multiple lots of deer rut there every year, and we have we have a bunch of spots like that. It's just a good rut spot. Right. It's um. Let's talk specifically 23 and 22. Um, you guys have shot really big deer in both units. If you had to choose, and you guys might be different, maybe one of you's one unit, one of you's the other. If you had to give one unit the edge over the other, as far as number of you know big deer, um, maybe a better unit. What unit would you say is is better? 23. I used to think 22 was, you know, similar, but the past, I don't know, five years, it's, we go back and try to hunt some of these old spots that we've, you know, where we learned to hunt, and uh, it's just not the same. Cash, don't and you I, think a lot of that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they have an October hunt, and for a while, and maybe not now, but they didn't they also have an a no, October, November, and December and they actually yeah, had yeah, too sure. many tags going. Yeah, I think that has hurt twenty-two bad. Because I can I can go to two or three spots we have not far from where I live, and we could go any year, and you could go find a pocket of three or four bucks here, three or four bucks there, and they're just they're not there anymore. Like you're not saying I don't know that there's you're not saying that there's not big deer in 22 what you're saying is there's not as many big deer 
as yeah. there used to be. Yes, I, I, yeah, that's what we're saying. And hopefully it's coming back. Like I said, I didn't, we didn't know what was going on. If there was a die off or, you know, you don't hear about that stuff around here, but something happened. I know we were kind of, it was drowsy, but usually we, we got five of us. We go into a piece of country. We'll, we'll turn some stuff up and we just weren't doing it. Yeah. Like Jay from 2007 to, or 2009 to 2014, it seemed like anywhere we went in 22, we could find a giant. You know, and then, since then, we got humbled a little bit. <laughs> if you guys are getting humbled, I can't imagine what the regular Joe's doing. Okay, so there's. You, go ahead. No, you go ahead. They're still, like you said, they're the, genetics. the genetics are here, but it's it's not the same. There's right. still there are some big bucks, but you better do your homework. Okay, so twenty three for both of you. That's kind of the crown jewel. You would say that's your that's your favorite unit, and that's the unit you you think the the best bucks are in. Yes, I think the I I think. For sure, they're like like one ten pluses. I I would say there's more in twenty twenty three, but there is genetics in twenty two that are just freaks, you know. And I don't. There, it's both kind of the same type of country, but I just think there's just more people, more tags in twenty two, and I think that separates that separates the units, you know. Well, no. Okay. Um. And then elk, obviously elk, 20, 23 is light years ahead of 22 in elk. Are you guys still doing much uh, in 22 for elk? Yes, we are. We, uh, we take the 22 south early, early hunts and then uh, 22 north 20, early rifle. 22 north early rifle also. Are you guys still able to find some decent animals compared to the average there? Uh, it's getting harder and harder on the elk. Most of, some of the best bulls live right in town, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's pretty tough, but there is some country you can get into and find a, find a good bull. Nothing like it used to be when we were kids. It used to be just like 23. There was, I, I remember when I was a kid in my backyard here, we would, we would, flip the lights on in the middle of the night there'd be a 350 bull in the backyard you know that stuff doesn't year. it doesn't happen anymore yeah um it 23 uh the early rifle hunt or 23 south has five i believe five tags and is it early rifle or muzzleloader no, they, they it's a it's the early rifle they bumped it to 10 and they've added more late hunts in 23 this year. In this, so it that's where I'm worried we might get into our age class a little a little more. Yeah. Um, so they they've doubled the tags in 23 South from five to ten on the early rifle hunt, and the the 23 North I believe is it 15 or 20? It's 20. It's 20. 20, okay. 20 also. Okay, um, as far as availability um, of hunts, we've been talking about a lot of different things. Do you guys have availability for any of the elk hunts coming up? 
Yeah, Jay, we have we have uh, the early hunts. We could take a few more. Like, I would love to have another early rifle, north or south. Or, uh, I guess another archery hunter wouldn't be bad, north okay. or south. Okay, and late hunters, how are you sitting no, on we're, we're We're full there. Okay, what but, about the deer? Um, what about the deer? Well, we could take, I mean, each hunt we could take another guy. In 22 and 23? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, the deer, you guys killed a deer last year that um, was kind of gnarly beamed, non-typical, really cool framed buck. Um, I believe Levi Levi was helping you on that hunt. Um, tell me about that buck. Yeah, that was uh, me and Levi. Last year, it was a, on the October hunt, we killed like a 112 buck. And I, me and Brett killed him opening day, and then that big gnarly buck we killed was uh, on the November hunt. We had, we hadn't even. I had found that buck there. It's one of those stories like you were talking about. I'd found him three years prior, and we, we kind of just forgot about him. And he was he was probably a hundred five to a hundred eight inch buck then. And then uh, me and Levi. Uh, Strolled back in there uh, on the on the first day of the November hunt, and about nine o'clock, I look over there in the shade, and there he was. And when we seen him this time, we we ran to him and tried to kill him. I was gonna say you probably fell out of your spotting scope. Oh yeah, and he's it was a great deer, and he's a good scoring deer, but he's he's one of those that has so much character that overpasses score i mean he's a big big deer but he's you know he's got character galore yeah and he was i'd seen that buck a couple times and he was always on that shady face and the sun was wrong to where you could really never get a real good look at him and it, but that the we we hadn't been in there last year we just went there opening day and hunted because i i mean if he was alive i knew he was going to be there and with all the rain and feed that we had, I figured he blew up, and uh, he dang sure did. And we just seen that on that one side, it's just palmated, kind of gnarly looking with the drop time. And we 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 had an elderly client, and it was it was kind of a tough deal getting him killed, but we got it done. And that guy is a hunt of a lifetime. He 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 was happy. What do you guys think this year, um, talking about deer, what do you think that, take all the seasons in 23, what 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 do you think the biggest buck shot will be, if you had to guess? If you had to throw a number on it, what would you... Uh, Score-wise? Yeah. I think personally, and I don't want to be like um, bragging or anything, but I think we should kill a 130 buck this year. Really? What about 22? Ah, uh, we had some pretty nice deer, but nothing like 23. Okay. Um, we had all the bucks we had, you know, there should be some, there, there should be some 120. 120 plus. Okay. For sure. Let's talk elk. Let's talk 23 north. What do you think the biggest bull will be shot in 23 north out of just the, Every, just the whole 
at the end of the year, the biggest bull in 23 North, what do you think it'll be? It's hard to say. I mean, we know of a few bulls that are pushing 380. Um, I would say, I mean, there could be a, a big bull rolls over from the res or I'd say 380. Okay. What about 23 South? I think, I think, I think we could kill a 400 bull possibility. Cash, do you remember, um, way back, like Michael Parks year, Oh nine, that 435 that we killed. And then like a couple years before that, I mean, that unit, I feel like 23, but I feel like 23 South in, in general, it always has a chance to produce a giant, you know, 420, 430, you know, big, big bull. Do you think that's somewhat diminished now? It's not quite what it was, or do you still think that potential because of the reservation that, that that's still an option every year? There's not as many. It's you're a hundred percent right. Oh six, oh seven. I mean, even the early two earlier than that, like people really don't believe me, but like it was like Jurassic Park. Like you could go to a spot and I mean I seen my the biggest bulls I've ever seen in my life was those years. Right. It was unreal. I remember when I first started running into you, you know, you were well, we were all a lot younger then. Um, I was just a dumb kid. But you guys were, you, then you guys were, and still are, just running around like just going yeah. crazy, just running, running, running. Um, it's kind of hard sometimes to see areas where it used to be different. But I still think 23 out of all of Arizona, I mean, north or south, still kind of has that, you know, freak potential. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And we find we have a freak every year. It's just sometimes you don't get them killed or they break or it still has the you're I mean, there's a chance to find a 420 or 430 bull, but it's I mean, I don't bank. We don't bank on it. We we uh, hunt as hard as we can and whatever shows up, that's what we hunt. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know this, but you would probably you've hunted all the units around Arizona. I I think it's amazing how many three thirty to three fifty class bulls there are in twenty three south and even twenty three north. Like you can go see, you know, ten bulls a day over three forty probably in some some areas when when the rut's right. You know, yeah, it's, when it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it in my mind there's no doubt it's it's the best unit. If you just take 23 in general, don't even split it into north and south and just say 23. Th there's no doubt in my mind that as far as good numbers of just solid really good solid bulls and the thing that I really like about 23 is it usually has pretty dang consistent rutting. I mean, as far as bugling action, and you know chaos they usually get after it pretty good um in 23 compared to all the other units i've been in um you know consistency is is kind of the name of the game for 23 and that's what i've always enjoyed over the years you know i haven't been in there in a few years but 
you know, just consistently good hunting, quality hunting. The chance for a freak is always there. Um, that's what makes that's what makes kind of the allure of 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 twenty three. Yeah, I mean, for about I don't know, for about five to seven years, no, five, probably five years. It was even in the south, like we would have some big old bulls found, but they just wouldn't rut and. It's hard to hunt them when they're in that thick stuff and not bugling and 30 minutes. You get a little window in the morning and maybe a little window in the evening. Like it was getting tough last year, kind of made it fun again. And I mean, them bulls, they got after it. Yeah. And I've got to think that that's directly related to moisture and, you know, body condition and the cows being in really good shape and, Yes. you know, really wanting to, to, to rut and get after it. Whereas, you know, when it's droughty, they're kind of, their bodies are not cycling properly. The cows yeah. are just not feeling good. And, and, you know, as a protective mechanism, a lot of times they just don't really get, they just don't really rut. Yeah. Lots of calves on the ground too. That's what we're loving. So you're seeing a lot of calves now? Yes, sir. Like, I mean, even, even right here in Payson, better start around right where we live there's and and young a lot of baby calves on the ground what about fawns who's your fawns i hadn't seen i seen i see we seen two fawns that one day yeah but it the deer are a little different you know we i guess we hadn't really been we've been looking for deer but we've really been glassing for elk you're and you're also in buck pockets not necessarily in, in the yes sir spots. yeah um I want to talk about um, the availability of your place in Young, Arizona, and how that's helped you guys, not only from lion hunts, bear hunts, you know, elk and deer, having you know a a, a place that's your base camp uh, over there in Young. How has that helped you guys as far as navigating around? Oh, it's been great. Um, we can just show up with our clothes and some food and not don't have to live out of a camp trailer we can have our clients stay right there with us it makes a lot of difference for the summer scouting we can just go over there and scout for two three days and then you know it's 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 good it's yeah. helped us a bunch and it's going to help us spend more time yeah i mean if you can be comfortable you know you guys have families and and you know obligations and stuff it's it's nice to have a base camp that's a little more permanent where you know you've got all the amenities of home you've got cell you've got power you've you know charge batteries you can yeah. you know gas up you have everything literally right yeah. there as a base camp i've got to think on those long hunts um you know you said something earlier that i just kind of laughed at because darn i always say you know, people will be like, oh man, you did so good. And in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, but it's a grind the whole time. Like people yeah. think it's easy, but really it's, it's a grind. It's always it's a grind. And, and yes, the outcome is usually good, but it's because of that grind and because of that ability to go day after day after day after day and grind and it out. And all of a sudden you look like a hero, but people don't realize how much time and, it takes yeah and just being able to come get an ac and take a shower midday and take a nap like and when you're getting up, up and, exactly it means a lot 
Right, right. There, I feel bad for someone that's just going to go sleep in a tent on that hunt because I don't think you could. You'd be miserable. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing to go for you know three, four, five days, but when you know you're talking those archery hunts are fourteen days long, and I mean. You guys are, I know you're like me because I see you <laughs> running around. You, you know, it seems like you get, you finally get into a groove at about day 14. Like you're, yeah. you, you spend you're a right. month and you're, you're, you know, most guys yeah. two or three days and they're tuckered out. But, you know, yeah, guys 14 that, days, it doesn't take that long. I mean, it, it's a long time, but it's really not. Yeah, you know? it goes by pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but. well, guys, uh, it's been great having you on the podcast, getting an update on conditions. Um, love seeing the giants you guys put down, um, and, and love following your Instagram and just seeing all the big bucks and big bulls. I'm looking forward yes. to seeing the, the bears and, and all of the stuff. I want to give you a chance. It sounds like you guys have some availability for hunts. Uh, and also Jay, we have some, I'm sorry, nope, but go ahead. We're, we quit lion hunting for about six years. I mean, we kept our dogs, kept a few. But the past three years, we've kind of built our pack back up, and we are taking a few guided lion hunts. Awesome. What time of year will that be mostly? Well, we'll we're going to probably move our dogs, take them with us. But mainly from February on, but we'll do a few in between hunts, you know, from once it opens till then, you know. Okay, so if someone's interested in a lion hunt as well, they can give you a call, reach out. Yes, yes, sir. Okay, what is the best way for people to reach out to you guys, and what is the best way for them to kind of follow what you guys are doing? Our Instagram at uh, it's at AZ Ground Pounders. Or our Facebook, AZ Ground Pounders, or my phone number is 928-978-1343. Awesome. Well, um, I wish you guys the best of success um, on this upcoming season, and I can't wait. It's I, I just always love seeing a post out of your Instagram because it's usually some big giant animal, um, and you guys have have a proven track record. I appreciate your friendship over the years too. You guys have been good, good to me and uh, good to me in the field. Um, very professional. And I appreciate that. And I just wish you guys the best of success. So God bless you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Okay. Hey, thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. You bet guys. Take care. Okay. Thank you. All right, have a good one. Bye.